podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. It is a quiet day today because today is Thursday and nothing much ever happens on a Thursday. But we do have a game to look forward to this weekend. Liverpool will take on Arsenal and there's been some positive training news. Jordan Henderson has taken part in part of the training session. Not the whole thing. He's not fully fit. He may well make the bench for the Arsenal game. But with having today and tomorrow, perhaps he will be fit enough to start. It's just a matter of whether Jürgen wants to take the risk on him. Curtis Jones remains sidelined. Joe Gomez looks likely to miss the game, as do Bobby Firmino, Naby Keita and James Milner. There's probably an outside chance that Naby and Milner can make the bench but doesn't look likely that they'll be fit to start. So limited options in midfield, as has been the case for much of the season so far. Uh, but everywhere else looking fairly strong at the moment. We'll have a bit more on that tomorrow, obviously. Uh, news last night from the Liverpool women's team, a 2-1 victory over Blackburn ladies. And big news in terms of the captaincy in that game. Missy Kearns. Young Scouser, the youngest ever captain of Liverpool women's team. Big honour for her, big moment for her in her career. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in the stands to watch the game. And as pointed out in a piece on This Is Anfield, it, it looks likely that they will both be permanent captains of the club in years to come. Missy Bowe grew up as a, a local fan and her dream is to play for the club and with women's football, you do tend to see a lot more movement of players than you do in the men's game. Tend to be shorter contracts and a lot of freedom of movement. But she looks like one who might well be in it for the long haul, which is is a big, big plus for the club. Um, the biggest news, I suppose, surrounding the biggest Liverpool-connected news is the news that the ownership, FSG, Fenway Sports Group, are looking to add a new sports team to their growing portfolio uh, with the purchase of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are one of the most historic franchises in the National Hockey League. So the Penguins were formed in 1967. Since then, they've won five Stanley Cups. They've won six conference championships in the Western Conference, one President's Trophy, which I believe has the, the team with the best record in the regular season I think that's what that is but the Penguins are a great franchise a historic franchise a lot of great players there Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin the kind of two best known players uh, on the team but a couple of other excellent players there too Fenway have good taste in clubs. They bought the Boston Red Sox, one of the most iconic teams in baseball. They bought Liverpool, one of the most iconic teams in football. And now looking to expand further with the purchase of one of the most iconic teams in hockey. Big move for them. Um, The fees mentioned are in the high $800 million range. So interesting to see that taking place. I wonder how much of that is driven by the Redbird investment and whether they've put a lot of that money into the the expansion of the portfolio. The entire entity was valued at $7.35 billion earlier this year. 
And this will just add to that and take it to an even bigger level. There's also a NASCAR team that they own, and obviously they own the New England Sports Network, NESN, um, for, you know, for media. Good to see John Henry making moves. And I, I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans having minor meltdowns over this news and, you know, why isn't that money being put into Liverpool and different things. But it's not the same. That money can't be put into Liverpool. It's quite simply that. It just can't. Uh, that's not Liverpool's money. They're not buying uh, the Penguins using the valuation of Liverpool or money earned from, from Liverpool. They're using it. Uh, they're using their own money, money that they have attained in a multitude of different ways. So I, I think fair play. I'm I'm a big fan of, of expansion, and I think this is a great move for them. And if there was one ice hockey franchise that you want to see them buy, it would for me, it would be the Penguins. Now, I will say, I thought they would have... There was been rumours for a couple of years that they wanted to move into the NHL, and I thought they would buy the Boston Bruins just to keep things consolidated. But no, a decision was made to to go for Pittsburgh and credit to them. Credit to them. This is, like I say, one of the most historic franchises going. And I think when you have the, the chance to buy a franchise like this, you take it. You know, like like they have to take the chance to buy the Red Sox. Like if they were to move into the NFL probably want to buy the Dallas Cowboys or the Oakland Raiders might be a better fit uh, or, or easier to attain. It might be the better way to say it. it might be easier to attain the Oakland Raiders than it would be the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's great. Personally, I just think it's great. And I like that it's causing meltdowns as well, because that's always fun. Uh, this is Anfield have a fun piece up by Joanna Durkin. Now, I do have some criticism of it, but We'll get to that. It is basically who would make make up Liverpool's all-time highest scoring 11 in the Premier League and all-time. So the Premier League 11, Alisson is the goalkeeper with one goal. Trent is the right back. John Arnorisa is the left back. Martin Skirtle and Sammy Hippia are the centre-backs. Skirtle, I think if you include own goals, would be in the all-time team, but he's in the Premier League team, and uh, I'm good for him. 16 goals for Liverpool. Trent has 9, Hippie had 22, Reese had 21. You forget how many goals John Anna Reese scored. Uh, across the midfield, you've got Salah on the right, 105 goals for Liverpool. Uh, Premier League goals. These are Premier League goals only, not all competitions. Um, you've got Gerrard with 120. You've got Dirk Kout with 51, and that's my gripe. Dirk Kout has been shanghaied into the midfield, when in truth, Dirk Kout never played central midfield for us. He played right wing. There should be a central midfielder in there. That's my only criticism of this team. Sadio Mane on the left, 80 goals in the Premier League for Liverpool. And up front, you've got Michael Owen on 118 and Robbie Fowler on 128. So, barring the Dirk Kout inclusion... Um, I'm on board with that. Obviously, you know, you'd rather not have Martin Skirtle, but he's earned his right with his with the goals he scored. The all-time team 
is interesting, though. Allison is again the goalkeeper. Phil Neal at right back, 59 goals. Emlyn Hughes and Tommy Smith at the, as the centre backs, 49 and 48 goals. Chrissy Lawler at left back, 61 goals. You've got Salah on the on one wing with 140. Billy Little on the other with 228. In midfield, it's Gerard with 186. And Dogleash has been Shanghai'd in, but I'm okay with the Dogleash Shanghai. So that's fine. 172 goals. Kenny is Kenny. He has to be in. And then up front, Roger Hunt, 285. And Ian Rush, 346. Just consider those numbers. Like, we've watched Salah over the past few years and been in awe of his ability to score goals. But Roger Hunt had 285 goals. Ian Rush had 346. 346 goals. Absolutely ridiculous numbers that these guys put up. Even Billy Little, as a wide player, 228 goals. Back then as well. Might as well have been kicking the ball or a bag of rocks around. Playing on pitches that were probably ploughed four days before the game. Just incredible. But some of those defenders that you have there, Tommy Smith, Emlyn Hughes, Chris Lawler, Phil Neal, these are our great players. These are our great defenders. These are the ones that modern players should be measured against. Too often we accept mediocrity and forget to look back at what we once had. These are great players, and they're great. They were all great defenders. They're in this team because they scored goals, but all of them were great defenders. Emlyn Hughes is one of the greatest ever English players. Phil Neal's one of the most underrated ever English players. Tommy Smith was sensational. Chris Lawler was sensational. You know, we know all about Kenny. We know all about Stevie. But Billy Little's always overlooked. The club was known as Littlepool for years. He was that good. We have had some incredible players down the years. And it's worth every so often just pausing to remember some of these greats. On Liverpool.com, there's a few bits and pieces. Now, this one's a stretch. Steven Gerrard gives Liverpool three reasons to expect return as he admits Jurgen Klopp backing. One of them is about them walking their dogs in a similar area. So we'll just put that piece firmly in the bin. Um, Liverpool have Trent Alexander-Arnold, 15 million transfer solution available in January. This is a piece about uh, Masrawi at Ajax, who's had a contract in the summer would be available to sign a pre-contract in January. Very, very good player. He'd be someone I think Liverpool should have a strong interest in bringing in as a backup to Trent. Andy Robertson has given Liverpool a bit of an injury boost in that there is no hamstring tear. He is just considered unlikely for this weekend, but not completely ruled out. Now, Costa Simicus should probably get the start anyway. But it's good news that Robertson is not going to be out for any longer than this weekend. And maybe maybe Porto in the middle of the week. Maybe he leaves him out for those two and then brings him back in. But it's good news that Robertson doesn't have a long-term injury because with 
with the way our squad tends to suffer injuries, it just seems to be a knock-on effect. And if Robbo was ruled out for a period of months, then you're left relying on Costas. And if Costas got hurt, I think then you've got to go Nico Williams. And as well as Nico's played as a wing-back for Wales, playing as a left-back, out-and-out left-back is is a different story. Um, Ibrahima Kanati has said he needs to play more, but he's not said it in a manner of pushing or demanding. He said, for sure, it's not easy because every player wants to play, you know, but I'm, I know I'm young and I need to work to play. I was in Germany and now I'm in the Premier League with Liverpool, one of the best teams in the world. Everything is good. I love the challenge and for sure the Premier League is not the same as German football. The intensity is different and you have a lot of big players here. It is not easy, but we play football for that. Uh, he's just made the four appearances thus far. I think he's been pretty good in all of them, very good in a couple. Um, the idea will be that he becomes the partner for Virgil uh, in time, but for now, Joel Matip has that shirt. And despite a couple of poor performances, Joel probably deserves to keep it based on his track record. Uh, Raheem Sterling prefers Liverpool. So Raheem Sterling is not having the best of times at Manchester City. I think that's fair to say. He's been in and out of the team the last 18 months, which is bizarre considering for the two years prior to that, he was one of the top five players in the league. Now, El Nacional, which is a, basically a bunch of spoofers in Spain, uh, have said that Sterling's preferred move would be a return to Liverpool. What this is, is basically a Spanish outlet who made up a nonsense about Barcelona wanting Sterling. Then, when they realise Barcelona don't have any money, they've had to make other claims to make their original story seem legitimate. So, this is it. Now, Sterling may well want to return to Liverpool. I would like to see it. I would be in favour of bringing Raheem back, but I don't think I'm in the majority. I think I'm very much in the minority on that one. And I'm okay okay with that. I I am absolutely okay with that. Uh, Jurgen Klopp to revisit £65 million transfer. This is in relation to Frankie de Jong, who allegedly could be available for sale with the emergence of Gavi and Pedro, or Pedri rather, at Barca. Frankie is, is absolutely sensational. Now, Tim Sherwood has said that Klopp turned down the chance to sign Frankie in the summer that he moved to Barcelona. I think that's nonsense. I don't know how Tim Sherwood would know anything about what Liverpool were doing or anything about Frankie de Jong. I wouldn't say he'd ever even heard of Frankie de Jong five minutes before this thing he did on TalkSport. So I wouldn't put much thrust into the idea that Liverpool turned down the chance to sign Frankie. Considering he went for £77 million in the summer of 2019, and in the summer of 2019... Liverpool spent about four million. Um, I wouldn't imagine we were in a position to be buying a seventy-seven million pound midfielder. Liverpool have new Plan B option as Nico Williams' form offers Jurgen Klopp previously rejected option. Um, this is the doubling down by Liverpool.com on their claims that Nico could be the next Garrett Bale. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, we have lots of podcasts and lots more coming out. So the latest uh, scouted is out. Myself and Carl 
having a look ahead at the Arsenal game. The new What If is out, and it is an absolute belter. So Mark Roberts is joined by Ray Houghton and Nigel Winterburn to discuss the 1989 title decider. One of the most famous games in the history of English football, one of the most heartbreaking games in the history of Liverpool. And he's got on Liverpool legend Ray Houghton and Arsenal legend Nigel Winterburn to get both sides of the story around that night, around that game, and what would have happened or what could have happened if Liverpool had won that game. So I think everybody should want to listen to that. It will be an absolute belter. Uh, We also have Rival Recon coming out today. Um, Legends Lowdown, Trev chatting with Jason McAteer. That will be out today. Myself and Gags are recording a live old school at 4pm. So if you're around and about, jump on the Discord for that one. Uh, it'll, otherwise, it'll be released later this evening. And uh, there will be another scouted out tomorrow. Myself and Carl had a look at the internationals, the World Cup qualifiers, and a few other bits and bobs. So do give those a listen. Lots to keep you occupied. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.